What a blessing. She came up last week and said, Pastor, I have a piano special for you. I, I was going to ask her if she wanted me to play with them, but she, I knew what she'd say. So. But thank you very much. How many this morning, you want to know that God is for you? Would you raise your hand? You may put your hands down. Uh, this past week, I had a lady call me on Thursday, and she said, Pastor, I went through 10 major surgeries. And she said, I, she's from a, out of state, and uh, she said, I just wonder if God's for me. Someone asked me last night, said, uh, I've been going through all these problems, and uh, is God for me? I have good news this morning, God is for you. David had that question in Psalm 56, verse 9. He said, when I cry unto thee. Now, to cry out, David had a severe trial. He says, when I cry out unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. I want you this morning to understand God is for you. May your circumstances may not seem that way, but uh, I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to be thanking God for the trials, the storms, the difficulties that we face, because we don't know the purpose, but a God who loves us is allowing us to go through those difficulties in life for a reason. The Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, he said, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I've been uh, preaching from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 5. And this is most transparent of all the letters that Paul is to his readers. He wanted them to know what made him tick. He's very transparent. And when Paul was going through very difficult times, he said, this is what encouraged me. And many weeks ago I preached on, uh, Paul was motivated by eternity. Uh, you see, when you have problems, and it, usually it's because of life down here. Uh, Paul didn't focus on this life. He focused on the life to come. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Remember, we're reminded over and over again, our life is like a vapor. Here for a short time. And if you're saved this morning, we'll be going to heaven. We'll be there for all eternity. This is just a little blip, all right? Just a small, small fragment of our life. And Paul said, I'm not looking at this life. Remember when Paul would go into a town, someone said he went and check out the inn, but he'd check out the jail because he knew he'd be staying there. Paul, life was hard. It wasn't easy. Maybe this morning you said, Pastor, my life is hard. Well, think about eternity. Don't focus on your problems down here. Focus on eternity. Uh, secondly, uh, Paul, uh, focus on the judgment seat of Christ. We looked at 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Every one of us, if you're saved, we'll stand before Jesus Christ someday. Your attitude, your actions, everything you do will be tried. 
Because of that, Paul, when he was in prison, when he was um, beaten by rods, uh, when he was shipwrecked, he, he kept thinking, I'm going to have to stand before Christ someday. And then the love of Christ motivated the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 5.14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Romans chapter 8, Paul said, Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen? Nothing. We have to settle that matter in our hearts this morning. God loves us with an everlasting love. And you look at your circumstances, it doesn't seem like he loves you, but he loves you. It would be amazing if God sent Jesus Christ to die for us so that we would escape hell. That would be good enough, all right? But he said, no, I want you to spend all eternity in heaven with me. That's outstanding. That's how much love he has for us. And then this morning we're going to look at another motivating factor in Paul's life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be you reconciled to God. Now, if you're here this morning and you were on your way to heaven, it is because somebody was an ambassador to you. Someone invited you to church. A pastor opened up the word of God. Maybe your mom or dad led you to the Lord. Someone gave you a track. You are here because somebody was an ambassador. We are dropping the ball as far as becoming ambassadors. A survey was taken recently. And out of the 85 born-again Christians, only one person is being witnessed to we're going to look at what motivated the Apostle Paul. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. And though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer for this morning. Father, oh God, I ask this morning that you would work in all of our hearts. Lord, I ask this morning that you would Convict us of this area. Lord, help us to get our minds off ourselves and what we want. But Lord, remember that we are ambassadors. We need to remember this morning why you left us on this earth. And Lord, during a very difficult time, I pray that you'd help us to focus on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just heard recently a testimony from a man that grew up in the southern United States. And he grew up in the Bible Belt, and uh, uh, this man uh, was not a Christian, and he would go to all kinds of parties and uh, drinking and uh, smoking marijuana and uh, uh, just uh, uh, immorality with girls. And, and after a while, he felt very dissatisfied. God was working his heart. And one day he was at home, and he was thinking, you know, there's all kinds of churches in the vicinity of my house. 
And he would drive by those uh, churches on a Sunday morning, and he'd see the parking lot full of cars, and uh, sometimes he'd see activities. And uh, he, he came to the conclusion that these people really didn't believe what they preached and taught. Because they really believed that he was going to hell, then they would tell him about Jesus Christ. The other conclusion he came to, they either don't believe it, or they don't care about me. He said, I have been living in the same house for 10, 12 years by these churches, and not one person has invited me to church. Not one person has given me a track. Folks, that is so sad. How many people could repeat that same story over and over again? People are living in fear. Lady that cut my hair this last time, she told me, she said, there's a lot of people that are coming in that lost 30% of their hair from stress. It's called shock hair loss. I had my teeth cleaned not too long ago, and my wife was paying the bill, and um, the lady, the receptionist said, you know, there's a lot of people that are being affected by uh, this coronavirus. Uh, they're not pro taking proper care of their teeth and stress and TMJ. I read recently that uh, there's a lot of uh, young people that are taking school online. And it's, it's a chore. Uh, and there's problems both sides and parents are upset that their kids aren't getting the education they used to. And, and uh, I talked to a couple of our teachers and people aren't showing up. You know, the kids aren't behind the screen. And uh, in the state of Florida, they said they can see the child, but behind the child, they see the parent. Maybe you read this article. And many of the parents, they have a can of beer in their hand, and it's early in the morning. Or they're smoking a joint. Folks, people are stressed out. What they need is Jesus Christ. We have the answer. And I believe the devil is working overtime in getting God's people to be focused on ourselves instead of why we are here. Now, first of all, notice the Creator. Verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And all things are of God, or from God. And some people say what, what Paul is referring to in this text is that salvation is from God. Praise the Lord. But when you think about it, everything is from God, except for sin. The food that you had this morning came from God. The water that you drank came from God. You said, no, I had to pay the bill. No, it came from God. Wood comes from God to build your houses. The materials that they use to develop your car or fix your or, or make your car, build your car, came from God. Everything comes from God. And when someone gives you something, you ought to be thankful to that person, but you ought to be thankful to God Almighty too. Because he's the world's greatest giver. Now God doesn't produce sin. Sin doesn't come from God. James chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, Let no man say when he is tempted... I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God will never put you in a situation where you have to sin. 
ever. You say, I had no choice. Yes, you did have a choice. There's always a way out. That's Christ. In 1 John 1, 5, This then is the message which we have heard of Him. And declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. The psalmist in Psalm 68, verse 19 said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Every day God gives and gives and gives and gives. That's why young people like their birthdays. And when you get older, you don't like getting older. Uh, you like the gifts. And that's why some people are looking forward to Christmas. Because you get a gift. Every day is Christmas in the life of the believer. We started counting our blessings this morning. We wouldn't have enough time. So many blessings. Everything comes from God. And the question maybe that has come into your mind is coming to my mind, and many people have asked this question, why do bad things happen to good people? Maybe this morning you say, why? I try to live for God. Look at all the bad things that happen. Well, you're breathing this morning. They said the average person will breathe 16 to 20 times every minute. That's 960 breaths every hour. That's over 23,000 breaths in a day. I don't know about you, but where I come from when I was raised, when you borrow something, you don't return it, it's called stealing. All of us took 23 thousand breaths from God yesterday instead of the question why do bad things happen to good people we ought to ask why do good things happen to bad people Jeremiah 17 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it see God doesn't owe us anything he gives us far more than we deserve. Salvation is a gift from Almighty God. The ministry of reconciliation. You see, God is the one that decided to send His Son for us. Salvation is free. Isn't it a blessing this morning? If I would ask you when you got saved, some of you would say, well, I got saved when I was 9 or when I was 18 or, or when I was 23. But folks, isn't that wonderful that God forgives us of all our sins? And he says, because I have given you the ministry of reconciliation, because I have forgiven you, you need to forgive others. And you need to tell others the good news that Jesus has forgiven them. You see, this morning, there are people all over this world that wonder, people that you rub shoulders with during the week, they wonder, does God really love me? Yes, he loves them. And the greatest way to know that God loves us is that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross of Calvary for us. So we see the creator. Everything comes from him. But secondly, we see our commission. In verse 20, now then are we ambassadors for Christ. Now. 
I remember years ago, a man told me this. He said, Pastor, when things slow down, I'll come out the visitation. You know what? God took him home years later. Your life will never slow down. Maybe you're thinking, you know, Pastor, when I don't have any more trials, welcome to life. <laughs> now, I found this out. If the Lord works in my heart to hand out a track and I don't, do, I don't do it right away, I usually talk myself out of it. And I give up that opportunity that God's given to me. The Bible says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You see, well, I've never been through a class on soul winning. I, I've never been to a Bible college. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't go to a church growing up. Doesn't matter. Share your testimony. Apostle Paul in prison, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. He was in a Roman prison. He asked the uh, people to pray for him, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He said, Would you pray for me? That I wouldn't feel sorry for myself and complain about the food and complain about being in prison. He said, pray for me. That I wouldn't be focused on self, that I'd be focused on others. Now folks, you want to get discouraged? Start focusing on yourself. Start focusing on what you don't have. Live in fear about what might happen instead of focusing on why God left you here. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is sent by one country to live in another country to represent that country. Now I realize if someone would say to you, now where's your home? If you say, well, it's in heaven, they would probably uh, fall over. And, you know, but you do, you have an address here on earth and you have an address in heaven. Our real home is in heaven. I've often wondered, God, why didn't you, after I got saved, why didn't you just take me to heaven? Wouldn't it be much better instead of dealing with some of the situations we have to deal with? And our thinking so different after we got saved. God, why did you allow us to live on this earth? It's because God wants each one of us to be an ambassador. Do you know why God called all of us to be ambassadors? Because you can reach somebody that I can't reach. You're around people at work that I'm not around. You live in a neighborhood that I don't live in. God loves people so much that he's asked all of us to be ambassadors. Let me ask you this morning. When was the last time you shared Christ with someone? That's what motivated the Apostle Paul. Whether he was in prison or whether he got beaten by rods or no matter where he was, he said, I'm on a mission. I represent the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a special assignment by God. You do too. It's not to make money. It's not to be happy. It's not to be comfortable. When you leave, you leave with nothing. You leave everything behind. Folks, this coronavirus is not an accident. God's in control. It's causing a lot of people to be fearful. 
A lot of Christians to be fearful. And we ought not to. Because David said, the time I am afraid, I will trust in God. I believe God is wanting to use this time so that we could share the gospel with people around us. You, you see, people are scared. They don't know what's going to happen. And we're all talking about, well, the events of the last days. We're seeing them. Yes, we're seeing them. But God's telling us there's a generation of people out there that need Jesus Christ. An ambassador. You are an ambassador. So what Paul says in Romans 1.14. I am debtor both to the Greeks, to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear we are left behind we're not in heaven today because god has a mission for us and remember it's not our responsibility to save souls it's our responsibility to give out the message god's given us the message the message hasn't changed the message works with every person in every country we are ambassadors an ambassador represents the sender they don't vote on an ambassador. God sends the ambassador. A king sends the ambassador. The president sends the ambassador. See, I represent the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and so do you. Every day, when I'm out in public, I represent Jesus Christ. I may be the only Bible that an unsaved reads. My life may be. We have a message. And God does not like it when we misrepresent his message. That's going on a lot today. We better stick to the Bible. We better stick to what God has to say. Because all men are sinners. And all men and women need a Savior. I remember years ago, I was probably 14, 15 years old, and I was uh, playing basketball with my neighbor, and we'd get in these pickup games. I think we had six or eight guys there, and my sister, uh, she, I think she loved to do this. She'd go in the middle of the game, come down, and she'd say, Robert, it's time to eat. Now, I, I promise you, at that time, I would rather play basketball than eat, okay? And, and you know, you look at your, 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 your teammates and your friends, and they're like, no, don't go. You'll ruin the game. If you drop out, we'll be shorthanded. You know, don't leave. And so I said, just a minute. Would she sit, stand there with her arms crossed? And, and uh, Robert, it's time to eat now. Well, then I said, well, that's okay. Just tell me I don't want to. Right? Dad says, you're in trouble. Well, man, then I dropped the ball. And then I'd run home. I'd look at my parents' face. My mom was putting, you know, items on the table. My dad didn't seem mad. And sometimes I'd say, um, am I in trouble? No, you're not in trouble. 
And my sister come in through the door and I'm looking at her and I'm like, wow, you misrepresented that message. You know, folks, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being misrepresented today. And we have a world that's searching for answers and Christians are stuttering. I believe all of us this morning, we agree, people need Jesus Christ. And why do we fight among each other when we need Jesus Christ and we're not giving up the message of Jesus Christ? God is using you to deliver the message of salvation. Have you ever thought of this? When God laid upon your heart to witness to someone, did you ever think of maybe telling that person, God wants me to share this message with you? And too often we're afraid that we might offend that person. Have we ever thought about offending Almighty God? When He's left us on this earth to be ambassadors? Now we're ambassadors, are we good ambassadors? Aren't you thankful that someone shared the gospel with you? Someone was an ambassador. God is using us to be ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ. Playing basketball for Maranatha Baptist Bible College. Remember many times going on the team bus and we went to Chicago one time and I remember we had a, a meeting with the coach and the coach says, all right, we have an hour before we have to dress. I want you to pass us our tracks. And remember this, you represent me and you represent the school. Folks, we represent Jesus Christ. At work tomorrow, you represent Jesus Christ. When you're driving after the service, you're representing Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors. Ambassadors are sent from the president. We're ambassadors sent from the King of Kings. We must exercise the authority of the sender. I love that. Because there's been many times that I'm wondering who gave me the authority to witness God Almighty has. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, all power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. A number of years ago, Rebecca and Josh went with me and we went to visit Bong in the Philippines. And that was an interesting visit. And I remember their nice motels would be really, really bad quality here in America. I said, Rebecca, just, you know, and you just don't say anything. And, you know, mattresses were on the floor and, and they didn't have a bed. And I said, Rebecca, just don't say anything. You know, don't complain. You know, it's just totally different. And remember uh, the motel we stayed in? First day, there was a huge spider. And um, that was enough for Rebecca to stand on the chair and have her curling iron. And, and they had their coat hangers uh, wired down. I'm like, you couldn't pay me to steal that coat hanger. It was totally different. And I remember walking into, uh, they had breakfast and they had rice or American pancakes. Duh, I'm not going to eat rice for breakfast. I had American pancakes. And I gave the guy 
that waited on me a dollar tip. He thought that was huge. So the next morning when I went out there for breakfast, he moved my chair. He moved the TV, one TV set, he moved it towards me. And boy, he put the uh, uh, napkin on my, uh, on my legs. And well, he really, every day he saw me come in and like, well, a dollar. I mean, because sometimes they work all day long for a dollar. But Bong said, we're going to go to this park and we're going to hand out tracks. It's called Baguio, the city. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to arrest us. And we're in this park. And I'm thinking, who gave us the right? I remember that morning, Bong said, God gives us the right to witness. You know what the devil does? He, fears, he fills our hearts with fear. God gives us a right. I'll never forget it in that park. Rebecca was sharing the gospel. She had a line of about five or six people standing in line to receive the gospel. You know, folks, people are hungry. They're hungry for the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Why is it when God has forgiven us of everything, we don't like to forgive others of everything? And we don't want to tell the world that we have the answer. The answer isn't the government. The answer isn't a vaccine. The answer is Jesus Christ. Because when you have Christ, he will change the way that you think. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. A great exchange took place when I got saved. God gave me his righteousness and he took my sins. Now do I still sin? Yes. I can't wait to, until I get to heaven when I won't sin anymore. Jesus didn't become sin. He took our sins. That's called good news. We see the creator. We see the commission. But we see the call. We then, as workers together with him, Beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So what Paul is saying, hey, this is what we ought to do. This is why we're here. It's not to live a nice life. And not to go out to eat. It's not to go on a great vacation. It's because we are here as God's ambassadors. There are 53 football players that make up an NFL football team. I know things are crazy. It's a lot different today. But 53 different individuals. I guarantee you, if you could interview all those 53 men, they would all have different personalities. Uh, some would be outgoing, some would be introverted. Some would have a view of the political scene, some wouldn't. Some grew up in the South, some grew up in the North. Some would love the coach, some would not like the coach. Some, their favorite colors would be blue and others would be red. And, you know, they, they have all kinds of uh, differences. But when Sunday comes around, whether they like the coach or the coach's calls, 
they unify themselves to win a ball game. Paul said we're workers together with him. If there's ever a time we need unity, it's today. Because we're serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. Paul has a message then. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What God is telling you this morning, if you're not saved, today is the day of salvation. I remember in Bible time, some young man was making fun, scorning the message on hell. He got into his car, drove out of the church parking lot, and about a block away he lost control, hit a tree, and went out into eternity. You see how important it is for us to give out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and be ambassadors now? A pastor had just finished a message on salvation. A teenage girl had raised her hand that she wanted to be saved. So the teenage girl and her mom met with the pastor, and the pastor was talking about salvation. And the girl said, I, I know I need to be saved, but I I'm just not ready now. I I'd like to put it off. So the pastor took a piece of paper and gave it to her and said, I'd like for you to sign the back of this, saying that you will wait. How long do you want to wait? You want to wait a year? She said, oh, no, no, no. How about six months? Oh, no, 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 I don't want to wait six months. How about a month? Oh, no, no, I don't want to wait a month. That's too scary. What about a, a week? No, no, no. She was convinced that she needed to get saved today. Folks, don't put off that decision. And if there is somebody that you have not witnessed to and God has laid them upon your heart, you better witness to them. Now, we are ambassadors. If you really love somebody, you will tell them the truth. Problem is we love ourselves way too much. We're afraid of telling the truth because we don't want to offend them. Remember, let's not offend Almighty God. What motivated the Apostle Paul? He was an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are too. Let's bow our heads and hearts for a word of prayer. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't know your heart. I don't know your situation. I know what the Bible says. And there might be someone in this auditorium this morning, you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you have doubts this morning, I would like to pray for you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one looking around, would you simply slip up your hand so I can remember you in prayer this morning? Is there someone here and you say, Pastor, thank you for that hand. God bless you. You said, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. You, you, you may not have tomorrow. Anyone else here this morning, you said, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'm going to heaven when I die. This scares me. I'm not going to let my pride stand before.
Christ today. We had one raise their hand for salvation. Is there anyone else here this morning? I'm speaking to God's people now. You say, Pastor, I've been saved for years or I've been saved for a short time. It doesn't matter. You are an ambassador. God left you on this earth so you could share Christ with others because he loves people so much he called all of us to be ambassadors. You will go to heaven someday. Up in heaven there won't be any division. Perfect peace. But now we're in a battle. How many this morning we say, Pastor, God has spoken to my heart. I realize I am an ambassador. And I should be sharing the gospel. And God has laid someone on my heart this morning. Here's my hand. Will you please pray for me? Will you raise that hand? God bless you. Many, many hands this morning. God bless you and you and you and God bless you. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to have a word of prayer. And Brandon's up here at front. And after I finish praying, Brenda's going to play invitational hymn. But folks, I know this. When I start praying for people's salvation, God gives me a burden. What America needs today is Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you after I finish praying, if you're not saved, come forward. If you're saved, would you come forward and pray that God would give you courage and boldness? Would you pray for the person you work for or work with that they would be open to the gospel? Would you pray that God would give you a chance, an opportunity this week to share Christ with others?